Hey, welcome to week number three in our series that we're calling Family Matters. Uh, We're talking about all things related to family, marriage, parenting, leaving a legacy uh, for future generations. In fact, I already want to invite you back next week. Pastor Randy's going to be giving a great message about generational impact. You know, one of the ways that God describes himself, he says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, thinking three generations. And I think that's the perspective that God wants every one of us to have, not just about me and mine right now, but three generations ahead. And Pastor Randy's going to be unpacking that next week, so I want to invite you back for that. And big shout out to everybody on our online campus. So glad that you're joining us. And and let me just say this, you know, now that a lot of the COVID restrictions are lifting, uh, let me just say this in terms of a word of encouragement. If you're staying at home for health reasons because you're sick, by all means, stay home. But at the same time, if you're home because of habit, because your relationship with God's kind of drifting, it's gotten leisurely, like, well, I'll just fit that in when I have a chance, but not really going to give God the priority the first day of the week, the first part of the day of the week, Sunday morning, I just invite you to come back, really. Uh, Come back because there's nothing like gathering together in the Lord's name, the the powerful presence of God where two or three are gathered for that purpose of worshiping and lifting up Jesus Christ. And uh, I just invite you to come back uh, at this time. It's just a great time to do that. And and specifically in this message today, I want to talk about growing kids God's way. Growing kids God's way. When, when Susie and I, our kids were little, uh, we, we actually, someone recommended some curriculum to us before our first daughter was even born called Growing Kids God's Way. And as our kids grew, uh, we actually took a group in the church, had a small group that went through that 17-week curriculum, took a real commitment. But we really wanted to be the best parents that we possibly could for our kids. And uh, a couple of those families still in the church today, dear friends of ours, as we really raised our kids uh, together, and uh, I highly recommend that. Maybe we'll launch some groups here shortly in our, in our summer semester about growing kids God's way, because here's what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3, and this is in your notes uh, on our website, valleyny.cc. You can follow along and take some additional notes. It says, it takes wisdom to have a good family, and it takes understanding to make it strong. Godly kids don't happen by accident. It's very intentional, very deliberate, and it takes an awful lot of work. It's hard work. In fact, uh, I think personally, uh, parenting is harder work. It's harder to have great kids than a great marriage. Marriage is easier. A great marriage is easier than being a great parent and raising godly uh, kids that love Jesus Christ. And so it's not something that just you trip upon, oh, look, my kids turned out great and they love Jesus with all their heart. That's not what happens. And so it's really, really important that we understand and, and we go to God's word for the wisdom to apply to have the families that he really wants us to have. And with that in mind, I just want to share this verse also as we're introducing the message. Hebrews chapter 13 says, Remember those who lead you, who spoke the word of God to you. That's talking about me, you know, referencing me as a pastor. Um, and consider the result of their way of life. Imitate their faith. The reality is, and the Bible's real clear about this, not just here in Hebrews, but a number of other places, First and Second Timothy, Titus as well, that, that what qualifies a person to lead in the church is their marriage and their kids. And, and so I am, without a doubt, supposed to be a role model that other people can follow. And, 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 and so my marriage is not perfect, but it's healthy, it's growing, it's vibrant, and it's Christ-centered. 
And my kids are not perfect because they have an imperfect dad. Of course, their mom's perfect. No, I'm just kidding, but I'm trying to score a little points with my wife right now. But uh, uh, they're, they're imperfect as well. But they are, all three of our girls, we had, God's blessed us with three beautiful daughters, are in their 20s, mid-20s, and they all three love Jesus they, they all three prioritize church every Sunday. Uh, two of them don't even live here. It's not like they come here. Still, it's a priority in their life because Jesus is number one in their life. One is getting married next weekend to a great guy, and they're going to have a fantastic marriage. How do you know that, Greg? Because he loves Jesus more than he even loves Michaela, my daughter. That's why it's going to be a great marriage. Uh, another one of my daughters, very serious relationship with a great guy uh, that has actually just graduated with a master's degree in, uh, in, in theology and biblical studies. His heart is for Jesus even more for her. That's why that relationship is growing and just deepening. And, and my other daughter also, great guy that she's been dating for a little while and, and uh, he's growing in his relationship with Jesus Christ as well. None of this happens by accident. All of it is deliberate and intentional, and, and not because I'm perfect, but I can say, you can imitate. Go ahead, you can, you can, I'll be happy to be a role model. Susie and I are happy to be role models to you because this is the way God intended for it to be, that this is why there's weight behind my words when I talk about marriage and when I talk about parenting because I've had to live it out. You know, if I, if I can't make disciples in my own home, I can't make disciples in the church. That's the bottom line. And the first line of discipleship is in the family, is in marriage and in family. So let's look at the definitive kind of passage that talks about how God grew his son, Jesus Christ. It's in Luke chapter two, verse 52, and it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Four different things there. He grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and favor with man. And this is the only statement that we have that really talks about uh, Jesus, what happened from the time he was 12 to the time that he was 30 years old. There's no other biblical record that tells us what happened, but this God was working through Joseph and Mary and, and growing his son in wisdom, in stature, favor with God, and favor with man as well. So what does that look like practically? Wisdom means intellectually. He was growing him intellectually. Stature, it means he was growing him physically. Big difference between Jesus at 12 and Jesus at 30. Favor with God, it was growing him spiritually. Favor with man, it was growing him socially. And so this should be kind of the big old prayer, the, the goal statement that every parent has for their kids or even grandparents or you personally. If you're not married, if you don't have kids or grandkids or anything like that, just apply all this to yourself personally because this is the way God wants to grow you. This is the way he wants to grow me as well. Wisdom, stature, and favor with God and with man. So these four points, let's just break them down and apply them to parenting during our time. And as I said, if, if you're not a parent, uh, you can apply them to yourselves. We all need this. First of all, wisdom. Well, how, do, how do we gain wisdom? Well, when it comes to parenting, first of all, teach your kids to fear God. Teach your kids to fear God. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You don't get wisdom unless you fear God. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, this whole idea of fearing God, it doesn't mean that terrified. What it means is reverence and awe, worship. 
Give them a sense of the awesomeness of God. This doesn't happen by listening to a sermon or even being in Valley Kids, as awesome as those things are. This happens day to day, mom and dad, as you share time and you build the relationship with your child. You give them a sense of the fear of God. Psalm 34 verse 11 puts it this way. Come, my children, listen to me. I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. To worship God. I, I remember even as a young man growing up, one day coming home from school, high school, early, and, uh, and, and I thought no one was home, and I went upstairs. I'll never forget. This is one of the most impactful things in my life. I went upstairs, and uh, I heard something coming out of the office, my, my parents' home office in, in our home, and I walked down the hallway, and the door was cracked, and I looked in there. I didn't know what the sound was, and I looked down, and it was my mother on her knees praying before God. Hey, uh, that will, that'll impact a teenager. She didn't know I was even in the house. But I was so convinced, you know, the, the fear of the Lord. I was convinced if I stepped out of line, that, that God would just supernaturally say, hey, Sharon, uh, this is what Greg did. God, I mean, and, and my dad would just straight out tell me that. So that, listen, uh, God speaks to me. You better watch yourself, boy. And, and, and that gives you a sense of fear and reverence, really, uh, of God. And so that's what we need to do. Teach them to fear God. That's how wisdom really comes. Here's the second thing. Accept the Bible as our guidebook for life. Teach our kids to value God's word. The number one way we do that, well, how, how does that happen? That they see mom and dad in God's word on a regular basis. That they see that their family is prioritizing God's word first thing during the day. I, I, I didn't even realize this. This wasn't something intentional, but, but I remember when my daughter, who's getting married now, Mikhail, when she first went off to college, she wrote like a little note to dad on, on Father's Day, the first Father's Day, uh, and, and she was like, I just remember as a little girl wa waking up, coming downstairs, and there you were reading your Bible, and mom was reading her Bible first thing in the morning. It impacts them. And more than just seeing that, then what does God's word say about this situation? In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 through 7, it puts it this way. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your, heart, on your hearts. Impress them on your children, the commandments of God. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Talk about them all the time. One of the things that we used to do on Sundays especially because my girls, you know, grew up in the church. They'd listen to the message. Over Sunday dinner, we'd say, hey, let's talk best point. What was the point in the sermon today that, that really stuck, stuck out the most to you? And we do this best point. I've done it with groups, small groups, and, and we do it as a staff sometimes and, and, and other family friends. You know, what was the best point? Real easy to talk about it when you sit at home, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, when you get up all the time back to God and his word. Third way that we, we teach our kids how to grow in wisdom and intelligence in terms of intellect with God is to guard their minds. Boy, there's so much just, just garbage out there. We need to guard their minds. We need to guard what, what they're looking at if they have access to one of these devices that can just corrupt their soul in a matter of minutes. We need to really be diligent about guarding our kids' minds because there's just so much, so easy to just 
let things in and, and cause a great deal of pain and hurt. Psalm 101 verse 3 puts it this way, I will set before my eyes no vile thing. I'm not going to let garbage in front of my eyes. I'm not going to let garbage in front of my kids' eyes either. So that means monitoring the devices, monitoring how long they're on the devices, monitoring what it is that they're watching, what, they're, what it is that they're listening to. I remember growing up, my parents were like, hey, you can, you can listen to music. It doesn't have to be just Christian music. Uh, but, but every time I'd go down and go to the record store, there used to be those things, and uh, buy a cassette tape. Some of you right now have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, my, when I come home, I, my mom would be like, hey, uh, honey, uh, what'd you get? And I was like, oh, I bought this new uh, latest Brian Adams cassette tape, mom. And she'd be like, go ahead and open the package. And I'd open it, and then she'd say, let me read the lyrics. And she'd read all the lyrics to every single song. She's like, this is not, I, I don't want you listening to that one, and I trust you. Yes, ma'am. Or she'd read through it and like, oh, this is, this is okay. You made a good decision here. You, you got to monitor what, what, what you're seeing, what your kids are seeing as parents, and, and what they're hearing as well. I know that sounds old-fashioned, but you know what? It works. F- follow the example that's been set. It works. That's, that's why I am who I am today. Because of my parents monitoring things that I, saw, that I saw, things that I heard. Here's the second thing. He grew in wisdom and stature. He grew in stature. What does stature mean? He grew physically. And, and, and I think that uh, more than that, it's, it's the, the whole understanding of who they are. The greatest thing really is uh, discovering who it is that God created and how unique they are. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24 Bible says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. I think one of the greatest things that we can do as parents is help our kids discover the purpose, the unique purpose that God created them for. That's one of the big reasons why we have here at Valley Christian Church growth track is so you can discover and you can help your kids child as well your kids discover teenagers you know from sixth grade up can go through growth track and discover the unique purpose personality that God created them for all of us have spiritual gifts that God's given to us and a lot of times we don't know what they are and it takes a father it takes a mother to speak that purpose to to speak those things out that you see in your child's life and give them a sense of purpose and direction of the unique race that God has created them to run in their life and that's what's being said here I finish the race complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me to run and so real practically help them discover their purpose Help your child discover your purpose. Man, I see, you know, in our class, it just seems like, you know, in all honesty, it just seems like your, your, your pictures, your drawings are just even a little better than everybody else. I think there may be something there that God's gifted you in, or maybe it's music, or, or, or maybe it's in, I don't know, baking something, or, or ath- athletics, or, or whatever it is. It, it's important. Help them to discover the purpose. You know, you, you just seem like you can talk in front of people and you're not shy or introverted at all. God's made you. That's part of the purpose that God has for your life is maybe to be talking to people, uh, making presentations, maybe even pastoring or preaching or something like that. 
So I encourage you, growth track, if you haven't been through it, parents, it starts again uh, first week in June, Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, and uh, it, you can actually just lead your kids as a, well, as, as a result of that in discovering their purpose. And, and I remember, see, this only works when you know what your purpose is. I remember as a teenager, especially when I started to drive, you know, uh, Saturday night, I'd be going out with some of my buddies, and the last thing my dad would always say to me before I walked out the door, he'd say, son, and that meant stop what you're doing, turn around. He'd say, son, and I'd stop what I was doing. I'd turn around, hand on the door to go out, and he'd go, remember who you are. You can't remember who you are if you don't know who you are. You can't remember your purpose if you don't know your purpose. And so my dad would say, remember who you are. When he dropped me off in Pensacola, Florida Bible College as a freshman, it's the last thing he said to me. Son, remember who you are. Because I understood the purpose that God had created me for. Where did that come from? That came from my parents. That came from my mother and father helping me to understand the purpose that God had, unique purpose for my life. So they grew in stature. Also, pray for God's favor on your children's life. Just, just real practically, pray that God's favor would be upon them. In Psalm 5, verse 12, it says, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor and with your shield. God, I just pray that my child will be, find favor in the eyes of their teachers, in the eyes of their administrators, in, in the eyes of friends and peers in in the eyes of you know authority figure what whatever it is pray god just grant them favor you know every week we dismiss uh our our services here it's been our custom for decades and decades uh with a blessing that's recorded in the book of numbers we'll do it again today uh, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. I went to school every single morning. I went to school from kindergarten to the day I graduated from high school. Either mom or dad made sure to bless me with that blessing. They laid hands on my head and they said those words. And then they would always end with this, and may the Lord's favor be upon you. May the Lord grant you favor. Pray that. Bless that. Bless your kids that way. And, and you know what? He does. That's the promise of the scripture right here. But he, he's not going to put favor on your kids if you don't ask him to. And so pray that the Lord would put his favor on your kid's life, on your life if you're not a parent. It, it, God grant me favor in the eyes of my boss, in the eyes of you know, whoever I need to have favor with. I just ask for favor. And here's the, the, the next one. Choose relationships carefully. So important, moms and dads, to know who your kids' friends are. I, I mean, really know them. Reason for that is this. Proverbs 13, 20 puts it this way. Walk with the wise and you become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Boy, that's just one of the best verses in the Bible when it comes to parenting and, and being involved with our kids in terms of their friends. There, there were times that, that I remember even growing up that, that I had a friend and, and my mom was like, I'm just not so sure about him. I, I, don't, I don't think you need to be spending any time with him outside of, you know, outside of class. At school is one thing, but not, not out, outside of school. 
There are other friends of mine that are like, oh, no problem. In fact, it was kind of funny because I, I was a pastor's kid and, uh, you know, I wasn't perfect, but I didn't do a lot of stuff that all the other guys were doing and all. I had a couple of good friends that they actually, their mother would call my mom and say, hey, listen, my son said he's going out Saturday night and that Greg's going. Is that true? And, and my mother would be like, uh, he hadn't asked me about that yet. And then you'd hear the woman screaming on the other, you know, on the phone at, at her son. But they would actually say, if Greg was going to be there, they knew it wasn't going to be a bad situation because I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to go into those situations. I didn't put myself in those situations. And so it was pretty funny. Saturday afternoon, bling, bling. Uh, yeah, this is Mrs. So-and-so just checking. Is Greg going to the party tonight with, with my son? Yes, he's going to be there, my mother would say. Like, okay, you can go. We give her some permission. Because you walk with the wise, you become wise. But if you hang out with fools, you're going to get hurt. Your kids are going to get hurt. There are going to be painful consequences when we're a friend of a fool. And so choose your relationships carefully. As I've said before, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I know so many people that like, if I just didn't have that one friend, I wouldn't have gotten into the mess that I did. All it takes is one bad apple to spoil the bunch. Choose relationships carefully for your kids. Sometimes you've got to discourage them. That also means, by the way, romantic relationships. You know, some old joker come to my door when my girls are in high school, like, I'm here you know, for your daughter, I'm like, no, you're not here for her. You just go on back where you came from. You're not here for her. You're not here for her at all. You just, you go home, you know, she's not going out with you tonight. If you got to do it, you got to do it, you know. Obviously, I, I actually didn't do that, but I would just say to my girls, no, no, I, I don't feel comfortable. Why do you think I coached high school football, especially at Lord's for three years? All three of my daughters were at that high school at the time. And I had the option of staying at John Jay and continuing to coach or Lord. I went to Lord, so I was one degree of separation from me and every young man in that high school. And, and if I didn't know who he was personally, I could find out real quick. Very intentional, very deliberate. And uh, Susie and I made that decision together so that there would, so dad could know and keep his eye on those boys because we had three girls right there. He grew in wisdom, he grew in stature. And he grew in favor with man. This is the way God grew Jesus. Favor with man. How do, how do we grow in favor with man? Because, you know, we are supposed to love God. We're going to talk about that in the last point here. But it's also important that we love people. And, and we're well received by people. And we're not abrasive. And, and uh, you know, turn people the wrong way. And so how is it that we can, as parents, help our kids grow in favor with man? Well, well, the biggest lesson I think that we can teach our kids, and again, it has to be intentional and deliberate, is to be other-centered. Other-centered. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, the Bible says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition, thinking about me first, and vain conceit, rather in humility consider others better than yourself and so one of the things that Susie and I work really really hard with our kids is teaching them the preciousness of others we we not only when we raised our kids it wasn't just our goal was not that we would love our kids we wanted other people to love our kids we wanted strangers to love our kids how does that happen when they're selfless when they go out of their way 
when they're considering other people, that they would be really a blessing to other people, not just, you know, we love them because they're ours, but everybody else on the planet thinks they're, you know, you know just, just horrible kids, just run when they see them coming. We didn't want them to be like that. So it's so important to teach children the preciousness of others, to consider others better than yourself. How, how does that happen? Well, first of all, teach them to be honest. Honest. That was like the, the huge offense in, in the Williamson home as our girls were growing up. Dishonesty. Boy, you want to get disciplined? You want, you want dad to just drop the weight of discipline on you, grounded for you'll never see your phone again? Just lie to me one time. Because on, dishonesty undermines relationships. You cannot have strong relationships with dishonesty. You can't have a healthy relationship where there's dishonesty. And in fact, it doesn't mean just it's always punishing the kids. In fact, one of the things I remember one time, one of our girls, it just seemed like there was something going on. We weren't sure what. She wasn't coming totally clean, you know. And, and, and I just felt like God speak this to me. And I, I said, hold on a minute. Mommy and Daddy are going to go talk. We'll come back. And, and we went in the other room. And I said, Susie, I feel like I really want to teach her right now about God's mercy. She, she needs to know about God's mercy. And so I said, will you just follow me here and back me up? And she's like, sure. So I went back into to my daughter's room and said, listen, I want you to know what God's heart is. And daddy's heart is an imperfect reflection of God's heart. But no matter what you did, God loves you and he wants to show you mercy. And so I said, I'm going to give you five minutes, five minutes of immunity Five minutes, anything you tell me in the next five minutes, your mother and I, there will be no punishment whatsoever for anything you tell us in the next five minutes. And she looked at me and she's like, really? I was like, yep, starting now. I mean, you could, couldn't, sh- couldn't shut her up. I mean, she just threw it all out there. And, 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 and I said, now I understand. I love you. God loves you. And we both forgive you. Mom forgives you, you can go now. And you ask her today, it made a huge impact on her life, God's mercy. You have to have those moments of honesty. There has to be honesty for there to be a real relationship. Any relationship that is not built on honesty is pretense. It's not a real authentic one. So teach your kids to be honest. Here's the second thing, teach them to honor others honor be 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 honorable themselves in the way that they conduct themselves the way that they speak that they don't interrupt that that they live a life of honor i'm really thinking about this summer just just hitting maybe maybe a little micro series on honor because i think as a culture we've completely forgotten all that the bible says who we're supposed to honor and how we're supposed to honor people and, and, and if you want our children to really grow in favor with man, teach them how to honor. Teach them how to, to show respect to others. And that's the next one, really be respectful. Being respectful. We, we taught our girls, and it came from that curriculum, Growing Kids God's Way, uh, that, that if mom and dad are talking, and especially at church or someplace like that, you never interrupt because when you interrupt, it's saying what you have to say is more important than what dad's saying right now 
or what mom's saying. So we taught them the interrupt rule. And so if I was talking with someone, my daughter, four years old, whatever, she'd come right up and she'd just put her hand like on my hand or on my leg. And I'd know that she was there and I'd look at her and I'd continue to talk until it was the right time. And then I'd say, now honey, what is it that you have to say? You can teach them how to do this. And it's respectful. And you should see, uh, while other kids are throwing temper tantrums because they're not getting their own way, our daughter would just like look at them like, what's wrong with that kid? Because we taught our children very intentionally, very deliberately, how to be honorable and respectful and also honest. Honesty is still the best policy. That's how they grow in favor with man. And then the fourth and the final point, favor with God. And of course, it's the biggest one. It's the most important. See, if we have a, we're, we're a spirit, soul, and body, the, the reality is that what happens in our spirit affects our soul and it affects our body. And so the spirit, we're spirit first. And what's going on in our spirit affects our soul and it affects our body. That's why, just real practically, how do we grow in favor with God? When, when God's favor, listen, let me put it this way. When God's favor is on a person, it doesn't matter what school they went to, it doesn't matter what their grade point average was, it, it doesn't matter uh, how, how much money you have in the bank. When, some, when God's favor is on someone, they will be promoted above an honor student that went to Ivy League and mom and dad could brag about it if God's favor is on that young person. How do you grow in favor with God? First of all, make Jesus the Lord of your home. Put him first. And so I ask, is Jesus the Lord of your home? Is he, does he get number one? Does he get first every week? I'm talking about Sunday morning. Is he first? Is he the first? Joshua chapter 24, 24 verse 15 said, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And man, I heard my dad say that so many times growing up. And, and there was a reason why I wasn't allowed to play what was called Pop Warner football growing up. I wanted to so badly, but the games were on Sunday morning. And my dad said, as for me and my house, we're putting Jesus first. We're not going to say he's first, and he comes after football on a Sunday or soccer or whatever. And I know I'm meddling right now, but I'm telling a story. This is my story. This is why I am who I am. And, and again, that put God's favor on me so that I never played Pop Warner football, anything like that. I went out for football the first time, eighth grade, because it was in junior high, and they played on Friday afternoons at four o'clock. I got cut from the football team. I didn't know anything. And I was the equipment manager, had to humble myself to do that. And I learned about football as the equipment manager. And then the coach saw me a few weeks into the season throwing a football. I tried out for running back and I got cut. And, and he came over and he started scolding me. And he said, what do you think you're doing? And I said, I got all the equipment out and, and everything, the balls. I'm just having a catch with the other manager. And he said, you realize you're throwing that football 20 yards farther than my starting quarterback? You're embarrassing him. Put it down. He said, where'd you learn how to do that? I said, I don't know. He said, you're my quarterback next year. I went from getting cut in eighth grade to starting quarterback sophomore year junior year captain of the team my senior year my dad said 
Greg, you know why it happened? Because you honored God and you didn't play Pop Warner football. Because God's favor is on your life. I can't explain to this day the way the football would just come off of my hand. It was like almost unnatural how far I could throw. When I was a senior, you know, cocky and arrogant, I get down on one knee, I could throw a ball 45 yards and stick it right between the numbers on one knee. Just God. Just God. God says, you honor me, I'll honor you. I'll put favor on you. And so as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Is, is, is Jesus really Lord of your, of your family? It's time, Mom, and that put a stake in the ground. We're, we're, we're gonna schedule around Jesus instead of Jesus around sports. It's time, or any other activity. It's time to do that if you want your children to grow in wisdom, stature, and favor with man, and favor with God. Make Jesus the Lord of your home. Here's the second thing. Show them your love for God. Your kids are not ever gonna outlove your love for God. You, you actually like set a lid for your kids based on the degree of love that you show for God. Rare is, the, rare is the child that has more love for God than their parents do. Rare is the child. It happens, but it's rare. Show them your love for God. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26 puts it this way. Reverence for the Lord Reverence for the Lord gives deep strength. His children have a place of refuge and security. But when, when, when I show my wife, my children, the place that God has in my heart, it, 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 it gives me a place of security and it gives them also a place of refuge and security. Because you know what? Because dad, dad's gonna do what the Lord leads him to do. Dad, dad's listening, dad's reading, dad's praying. That's humbling himself before God every single day. Show him your love for God so that it's not just a Sunday morning thing. It's not just a first thing in the morning thing. It's an ongoing thing all the time. And let them also have that deep strength that God is their refuge and security. That's the promise of Scripture. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse one. I think this is one, moms and dads, we gotta take this seriously. Imitate me just also as I imitate Christ. That, that's the way that we're supposed to parent, that, that our kids can say, I see dad, I see mom, that's the way that you live the Christian life. I'm gonna follow the example that they've set for me, not because we're perfect, but we are supposed to be role models for our children and our children's children, our grandchildren, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ, that every one of us can say, imitate me just as I am imitating Jesus Christ. Make, make that the goal for your life and make that the goal for your family. And then finally, be like Jesus in every situation. Be like Jesus. You know, there's, there is something to asking that question. What would Jesus do? Well, you only know that if you, if you know what Jesus did. Can you answer the question, what would he do in this situation? That's why we've got to have God's word in our heart. Prioritize it. Prioritize his presence every day. Be like Jesus in every situation. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and can empower you to do that. That's why he's present in you, in the life of every believer. Colossians chapter three, verse 13 puts it this way. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have grievances against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I think one of the greatest examples 
But Jesus said for you and me is when he was on the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And, and I believe that I'm a, I'm a dad to those three daughters that I have because he wanted me to be an example of forgiveness, extending forgiveness to them when they messed up. That's why I'm their dad because they were gonna mess up. And, and you know, just our girls messed up. They did some stuff that was just, oh, and I'm not going to go into that right now. Just let maybe, maybe when they're in the 30s, I'll, I'll share some nice juicy tidbits, but not, not right now. It's still a little too close, you know. But, but one of the greatest things that you can do as a parent is show the forgiveness of God. God forgives you. I forgive you too. I'm here for you. And I love you just as much as I ever have. And God loves you just as much as he ever has and ever will and ever can. And that's unconditionally. Show them Jesus. Be like Jesus in every situation. You know, uh, May 30th, our daughter Michaela's getting married. And uh, pray for me because it's not going to be easy for this dad giving his daughter away, but I'm going to do it. Because again, Josh Silva is just... Uh, Great, great young man. He's been an answer to my prayer uh, since the day Michaela was born. And uh, they're going to have a great marriage because he loves Jesus more than he loves her. And one of the things, we're not going to give it to you right now, but one of the things I'm going to do when it's time for me to give my speech at that reception is just Just tell Josh's parents, well done. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm confident they're probably going to say something like that to me and to my wife also at some point during all the festivities. See, it's hard, hard work raising kids God's way. Mary and Joseph did it. You can do it too. The reward so outweighs any difficulty. And I can't wait to walk my baby down the aisle and put her arm in his and bless that. Been a long time coming. A lot of hard work. Worth it. Worth it. It's always worth it to grow kids God's way. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the example of Jesus who grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. Lord, as parents, Grandparents, Lord, help us to take seriously the example that Jesus set. Lord, I thank you for role models in my life, in, in my family's life that we have been able to model after what it means to be a godly family, a Christ-centered family. Father, we're not perfect, but, but I pray that we would be role models as well. 
And Lord, I just pray that even now there'd be a, a new determination in the hearts of fathers and mothers. We're going to grow kids. We're going to grow our kids God's way. That they would grow daily in wisdom, stature, favor with man, and favor with you. Just like Jesus did. In his name we pray. Amen.